welcome to Eflo 35 a flight football and anything else I'm Dave and I'm Mike how you doing Dave Mike I am better than most but still not as good as some how about you wonderful Cell Studios episode 35 nearly a year no complaints here good good awesome. um I think tonight on the the tasting we have donations from the listeners, so they're going to be... Love, love these episodes where there's donations yeah. from yeah, the listeners. I, there's very few things on this planet that beat free beer. So, <laughs> hey, free beer is free beer. Um, thank you, by the way. Yeah well, well, yeah, we'll get to the thank yous when we introduce the beer, but first and foremost, as a segment we created a few weeks ago called Corrections Corner... Uh, just a couple of corrections from episode 34, so we're slowly but surely yeah. getting better, Dave. Um, and mo- <laughs> more, often, more, often, more often than not, they're my mistakes. Um, Liz pointed out to me that the selections from last week were from Jonna's Market, J-O-N-N-A-S, in Howell, Michigan. And I advertise it as Joanna's Market. So it's Jonna's Market in Howell. J-O-N-N-A-S. And the second one really wasn't a mistake. It was an oversight brought to light by, quite naturally, our loyal listener, Larry. Um, Saturday prior to episode 34, we went out to dinner and we went to Pierce Road Bar and Grill. And our hostess was there. And I had the our, the mask that Jamie Wendy provided for us of the flights football, and she looked at it. And, What's that? And I said, oh, I haven't had my own podcast yet. Blah 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 blah. Gave her a business card, told sure. her to listen, and say, hey, you know, I'll give you a mention on the episode. And the next day, Larry calls me and says, hey, geez, I wouldn't set foot in there to you. She, you know, she's liable to either slap you or maybe she's just so distraught she can't believe it because I actually for, flat forgot all about giving Abby from Pierce Road Bar and Grill a mention. So if you go to Pierce Road Bar and Grill and uh, Abby, the hostess, is working, tell her you're in there because of flight football and anything else. And, you know, she'll look at you like, she doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, so I wanted to clarify that. So just in case she liked the first episode so much, without the mention, she came back. Abby, thanks. And hype the pod to your customers at Pierce Road Bar and Grill. Nice. Um, anyway, first tasting brought to you by, I believe, the first multiple donor, Josh Wendy, loyal oh, listener. Nice. Does fall behind every once in a while, but he did listen to a bunch of episodes this past week when he had a lot of driving in Seattle. Okay. Um, was he first, sleepless? Yes, I think he was sleepless okay. in Seattle because one of the texts came at a weird time. Uh, the first one is Detour, which is a double ITA from Uinta Brewing Company in Salt Lake City, Utah. Comes in at a healthy night high of 9.5% alcohol, also 95 IBUs, and an untapped rating of 3.80. And what's most impressive about the 3.80 rating, Dave, is it comes from 70,000 check-ins so that wow. means there are a lot of people checking in with this beer unita brewing company unita. and if i don't know if the listeners can hear but uh, we had to share the studio with um the dya how to fix your deck 
um, podcast. Uh, so they're they're doing a pod on how to replace your deck parts. So if you hear a little bit of uh, construction going on in the background, you know that's just the studio next door. See, I was going to tell the listeners it was a, a just married couple experimenting with some new toys. Oh, Cheers. Cheers. Yum. Yeah, it has a... Uh, kind of has... The IPA flavors there, but it's almost like a... Do I say a creamy taste? Which well, it's seems almost, awkward. For me, but... it's got the piney finish. So you have the, the hazy fruit of like a New England IPA. Uh, but it finishes a little piney. Yeah, I, I like it. It's very rich, though. A, a rich tasting. Oh, for sure. Yep. IPA that it, you know, another solid selection by Josh, and we will get back to that. Thank you, uh, Josh, for, for third selection. Um, you know what? The name of the podcast is Flight Football. Yep. And anything else, but more and more, we I may you know might have to change we, the name. You might may have to change the name to Flight Pucks. Anything, anything else, else because I am thoroughly enjoying the NHL's qualifying round and now they're actually in the first round of the playoffs. It's I mean the, the games it started with the first game of the playoffs. Uh a week ago Tuesday it was the Lightning and the Blue Jackets only played five overtimes. It only was the fourth <laughs> I think it ended up being the fourth longest overtime or fourth longest game in NHL history. history. Yeah. Um, Corpusalo, the uh, Corpusalo, say that ten times fast. The goaltender for the Jackets in a loss only had 85 saves. <laughs> Got beat wow. two to one. Had 85 saves. He was named the number one star of the game in a loss. Um, I don't think you notice the no fans as much. I, I try to watch baseball. Yeah. And you can just notice the no fans and you see the cardboard cutouts and this, that, and the other thing. Right. But in the NHL, I don't know if you're familiar with watching NHL on TV that often, the angle of the camera, you don't see the crowd a ton anyway. Correct. Yeah, right. So in the way that the NBC platform of networks has um, the, the crowd noise piped in, and they've got somebody there. They, you know, they will play the the music during yep. breaks. And I mean, it's just. And since the obviously you wouldn't necessarily have to do it in a bubble forever, probably only for the next 10, 12 years. But um, I honestly think this might be an avenue the NHL should look into, simply because I think. It's working for them because clearly in this country, the NHL is a distant fourth of the big four. Correct. And if you look at the numbers, the, the old TAD, as everybody in the television industry knows, is total audience delivery. They're, they had 553,000 viewers. Okay, like in the NFL speak, right. okay, Roger Goodell would probably look to the Kurt Cobain school of dealing with depression if he had a number of 553,000 because the NFL is in the dumper at that point but for the NHL 553,000 on the um, NBC platforms uh, MSNBC CNN uh, CNBC 
uh, NBC Sports and USA Network. Right. They are up 39% versus the 2019-2020 regular season games. Right. And they're up the cable games are up 120% comparable to the regular season and the product they're putting on is just fantastic. Do you think that's because the football fans that's an easy transition from you know what people like about football there's similar things they're going to like about hockey and so since there's no football to watch they're getting into the hockey i think that's part of it the other part is there's nothing else to do and that's why i think moving forward i wonder if this is the nhl's i mean the nhl in august seems weird right but if that's how you get your viewers sure i mean now is there you know now you say there's five hundred thousand plus what about the Canadian viewership? That There's I didn't probably 500,000 viewers yeah. in a small town of 500,000? That could be possible, yeah, especially like when you got the Canadians involved or the Maple Leafs when, they're, when they were playing uh, Columbus. Um, but as far as uh, the, the games go, and Ice Picks attributed it. I mean, I was a scintillating 59% before COVID. After COVID, I don't know what's going to happen. Teams right. that shouldn't win are winning. Um, I think the only the only disappointing part of this whole NHL is today's what, as we record Sunday, Saturday. I think it was Friday or Saturday, Bruins' number one goalie, Tuka Rask, opted out. Right. It was originally said that for uh, coronavirus concerns, but then it later came out that it was he wanted to be with his family. And everybody in the Boston Bruin organization is like, oh, yeah, we support him. And yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do, blah, blah. I just want one guy to say, look, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> right. Hey, this is, this is a team. And he, I don't care if somebody in his family was in a tragic accident. Okay, you leave. Right. I get it. Terminally ill. Right. I get it. That's one thing. He just lopped because he didn't like being sequestered as a 33-year-old and just wanted to be with his family. Now, I'm sure he's going to end up getting paid somehow, but like I talked last pod, if you opt out, that's your decision. I think you should lose your scholarship, lose your pay, whatever. I don't think that should be the scapegoat. If you don't want to play, then, oh, hey, that's great. I'll look for your uh, resume when I'm hiring uh, summer help next April. Right. And, and, and Tuca's no exception. It's like, I mean, he put his team in quite the quandary, if you will. <laughs> nice word. Thank you. <laughs> I waited 35 episodes to use the word quandary. <laughs> Finally got it out. Thanks, Tuca. Um, well, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I mean. No, nah, I mean, as a professional, no, that's if you're not there to work, then you don't get paid. That, exactly. And, yeah. I, and, and, and like I say, his. To a man, I just want one of the guys on the Bruins to say, yeah, fuck him. He yeah. let us down. We'll right. just go with uh, Yaroslav Halak and we'll, we'll roll the dice with him. We don't need him. Screw him. No, I, he lets I, up too I many soft goals. The college thing, I'm still, you know, there are going to be some kids that value their college education and we're expecting to... Maybe their parents went and said, oh, our kid got a full ride. You know, woo we're going around the world on the money we yeah. saved for college. Ah, you know, and, and they did that. They blew the money because their kid was getting a full ride, signed the piece of paper. And now because of a pandemic, oh, shit, you know, um, our kid's not going to play or can't play or whatever happens. And 
you know, now college isn't paid for. You know, fuck. So they become you and I. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. I'm just, you know, eh. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I haven't, I gotta, I gotta still weigh the pros and cons of the col- whole college scholarship, whether you should get that or not. But, um, pros, and- no. If you're not there to work, you don't get paid. Agreed. Uh, other sports, like I said, I've been trying to watch baseball. The Red Sox are just so terrible that I, I, I can't get into they it. Got shelled again last. Yeah, night, by the they? Yankees. Yeah. And the Yankees have put Lemayhew, Stanton, and Judge on the IL, non-COVID related, just um, very minor ailments and whatnot. So I just have a hard time getting into it. The one thing I did notice on baseball, though, two things that were kind of interesting. Earlier in the week, Mookie Betts, who I don't like him now because he's a Dodger, but as a Red Sox, he was my second favorite Red Sox behind Chris Sale. Um, Mookie Betts set a major league record because he hit three homers in a game for the sixth time in a career. You would think with all the home run hitters in all the games of baseball played, somebody really? would have done it more in six times. But, but Betts became the first player in big league history to hit three homers in a game six, six times. times. Wow. And then um, the other one was today, the White Sox versus the Cardinals, who – Welcome back to baseball, Cardinals, who have missed like a billion games due to COVID-19. Um, the White Sox went back to back to back to back. Now, how in the world does that fourth guy not get a number, not get a baseball at 96 miles an hour, like right between his numbers? Right. Homer, Homer, Homer. That guy couldn't possibly be digging in, right? And he hits a home, come on, back to back to back is bad enough, but back to back to back to back? There's no way that guy should even have been allowed in the batter's box. He should have, there should be a big wet spot in his uniform knowing that he's going to get hit. Right. And that's just crazy to go, to give up four straight homers. Maybe they should get COVID again. Maybe he thought there was a, like a between innings batting practice or something like that. Yeah, I don't know what he was, I don't know what the Cardinals were thinking, but you know, maybe they, you know, they should have, they should have went out to another uh, Miami nightclub or something and tried to get it. Um, <laughs> UFC Cormier yeah. loses the third fight to pronounce the guys in that Milosic. 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 Didn't see the fight. The only one I'm disappointed with is O'Malley got beat. O'Malley's oh. that gangly, goofy looking guy that yeah. was undefeated. Right. Apparently he's not getting too much criticism though because I guess he had a leg injury in the fight, like a twisted knee or whatever it right. was, and it was to the point where like even the other fighter kind of like backed off as like, what's wrong oh, with yeah, you, bro? Yeah, and then but anyway he ended up losing in the first round, but they figure he could bounce back if it was the injury that caused him to lose. But right, he's so goofy looking. I always <laughs> like to cheer for him because he, he's like he's like. A, you wouldn't think anything of fighting him in a bar. Right. You'd end up getting your ass kicked, but yeah. you know, you'd look at him and say, hey, shut your mouth, boy. And then yeah. you know, next thing you know, your, your arm's well, broke some, on the bottom. Some people like that are just so fast and their hand-eye coordination is just so good that you don't even, you don't even have a chance to blink. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, on vacation. I was up North, uh, Saturday night and, uh, no cable, no internet, that kind of a thing. And, um, so I didn't get a chance to see it, but, uh, Looked at a couple of the highlights and saw who won, who lost. Cormier's done though. He said he, yeah. did, you know, he has nothing else to prove. And that was his last. He's riding fight. off into the sunset. Right. I don't know how the other guys consider the greatest heavyweight 
in UFC history, though. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I don't. That's that's you know I guess that's what they're hyping him as. But hey, going back to um, what was the goalie's name? The NHL goalie you said say his name fast five times. Corpusalo. Corpusalo. Yeah. Okay, I got something else for you to say fast five times really. All right. Uh, how about that? You know what's going on right now as far as wearing a mask, not wearing a mask. So the, the you know the big mask debate. Say mask debate five times fast. Mask debate, mask debate, mask debate, mask debate, mask. Debate. I heard it once. That's good. We're we're good. We're done. All right, moving on. Um, hey, and just finishing up right now is the uh, Wyndham, um, the Wyndham Championships. Um, so that's just a golf tournament so they can support their hotel chain. But a couple of the big names from the PGA Championship last name were in it. Uh, I don't have it up right now, but so I'm not sure who, who won that right now. But they were firing. That was one of those uh, golf tournaments you said you don't like watching. Because I think the they weren't even done yet, and the winner was at 21 under. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, they abuse in the course. Yeah, big time. So are we ready to rate this? Yes, we are. Um, Uenta Detour Double IPA. Mm-hmm. I will start it off. Oh and no! Oh yes. Is it you or me? It's my house. Yeah, your house. Go ahead and start it off. Yeah. I I introduced it, so the guy that introduces it first. But go ahead. And, oh no 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 no. Yeah, go ahead. No no. Because yeah. like you were, we were saying before the pod. Sometimes when we get off track, yeah. especially when we have guests, because this week is a is a guest tasting or a, a donor tasting. I don't care. Who you want to go first? You want yeah, me to sure. Go first? I'm going first. Okay. Untapped rating three point eight zero seventy thousand. I'm along. I'm right along the lines of the seventy thousand. I'm going to go three point eight five. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go three point nine five. Booyah. So Mike, um, yeah. So that's uh, I liked it. But uh, before you move on and introduce this next one, I just got to tell you. Um, Every time the uh, DYI people over in the next studio start, I can't help but think about what you said. When so every time that saw starts, <laughs> I think about a newlywed couple trying out their new toys. Oh. <laughs> anyway, back to the pod. <laughs> well, that's what it sounded like, you know, just to get through the night. I mean, that's a whole different pod. It's called yep. Mike's World. That's right. <laughs> All right, our second tasting. Brought to you by listener. I, I know he has. He, he tells me he forgets every once in a while, but he'll listen when he can. And if I send him the reminder, so part of it's my fault. But anyway, listener Jason Moore dropped off, which doesn't fit really what we normally taste here on the pod, which is a good thing. You know, we all want to expand our horizons and whatnot. Right. So he dropped off. Actually, his lovely bride Jenny dropped it off for him. What we have here is a couple bottles of Yingling Black and Tan. Now, I'm kind of curious because never had the Yingling Black and Tan. And the other thing is, everybody in this area raves about Yingling. And I, quite frankly, think it's just because you can't get it in this area. So people are like, Gaga over it. Oh, you're going to Ohio, bring me back some Yingling. Because, quite frankly, I don't really like regular Yingling. But who knows about the black and tan version? So right, but isn't that how isn't that how humans normally work? Things they can't have is exactly what they desire. Yeah. Exactly. How? What is your thoughts on regular Yingling? 
I haven't had it in oh, so long. I I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I have, but can't remember. It's a dark pour, hence yep. the name Black and Tan. What is the, uh, if you order a Black and Tan at, at, at a bar, it's Guinness, and then they drop a shot of Stella in it. Is it? Yeah. I know it's Guinness. It is. But what's the... The, That's pretty sad that we don't know The light that. that goes into it. I want to say it's Guinness and... Come in. Stella. Ah, fuck. We'll have to look that up at the break. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Let's try the Yingling Black and Tan. Cheers. Cheers. I like that. Does that almost have a carbonated fizz to it? Yes. Oh. And, and it's very similar to Almost last like a, week's Escanaba Black Beer from Upper Hand Brewery. I think this is a little bit smoother. Possibly. I think, well, the, I think the Black Beer had a little yep. more punch to it. Oh, and I, I didn't give the particulars, Dave. Oh, uh, oh my God. 4.6% alcohol, 12 IBUs, untapped rating of 3.42, with a whopping 88,000 people checking in with the Yingling Black and Tan. It's uh, America's oldest brewery, by the way, Yingling. Hey, we learn something new every pod, don't we, Mike? At least we try to, Dave. At least we try to. That's all we can. I mean, if we can't share the alcohol with our listeners, we can at least share the wisdom. (laughs) All right, uh, this day in sports, what do you got? All right, so first off, let's go to, well, I think you might, you alluded to the one you had. You've got the earliest one, I think. Uh, do you have the 19? Well, we've never went. Back to, to, yeah, we've never went in the last quarter, but I give do we mine. Even know in, what happens when time is fun? I, uh, How many I give, are open here? I give mine in chronological order, but they're never really in chronological order, me versus you. Let's change so, it up. Let's uh, do that today. All right. So, 100 years ago today, August 16th, 1920, Ray Chapman of the Cleveland Indians is hit in the head by the Yankees' Carl Mays. Ouch. Now, in and of itself, people are saying, well, big fucking deal. I'm sure there are a lot of people hit on August 16th. Well, it turns out Mr. Chapman died the next day because of the injury he suffered from being hit in the head way back in 1920. So, as a result, the only player, the only fatality the Major League Baseball has ever had. Now, they've had an umpire die on the field, but... That was just because he was a fat slob and his heart gave out. That wasn't a, gotcha. really a major league th- issue. As a heart attack. All right, let's let's fast forward to 2008 to the Beijing uh, Summer Olympics, shall we? Usain Bolt sets the world record at 9.69 in the 100 meters uh, to win the coveted uh, coveted 100 meter dash uh, in Beijing. So that's where everybody pretty much their jaw hit the floor. Nine six nine is quick. That's really I mean, fast. Yeah, I mean, that's what's yours. That was August what two thousand eight. Sixteen. Oh, oh, so mine is the same day. I wonder what came first. If you turn back the clock, uh, normally tracks normally later in the day. I think so. I think Michael Phelps would be first. But on August sixteenth, two thousand eight, twelve years ago today, Michael Phelps won his seventh of his eight gold medals at the Beijing Beijing Olympics when he won the 100-meter butterfly in an Olympic record 50.58 seconds. 
And it's a good thing he set that record because uh, in second place was some Serb chump <laughs> who he beat by a whopping .01 or one one hundredth of a second. So if right. he doesn't set an Olympic record in the butterfly, he only ends up with a measly seven Olympic seven goals. Olympic golds, yeah. Instead of the eight he ultimately wound up with. All right, um, I'm going to go with, uh, let's see, I think we're in the 2016, uh, was that Seoul? I think 2016 might have been Seoul. Oh, I'm going to get fact check on this one too. Um, the Croatian discus thrower, Sandra Perkovic, her sep- second Olympic title in the discus throw with... 69.21 meters. Now, does that mean anything to you, Mike? 69 does. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did I let you walk me into that? Anyway, um, for those of us here with the English Standard, um, that's 227.07 feet. Now, to give you some idea, um, you know, our better discus throwers in high school. You know, you're looking at, if you're throwing 130, you're pretty good in high school. If you're throwing 130 feet. If you're throwing 170, 180, you're a, for a guy, you're a stud. For the girls, 120 to 130, you're amazing for the, for the uh, girls in high school here. 227 feet would put you at about first base uh, throwing from the discus circle over the, over the ditch over the, the 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 little creek there at the high school and it, it, the disc probably ended up around first base on the first varsity baseball field right now for our listeners who aren't familiar with swan valley that probably isn't a very good visual but no but i'm doing i'm saying i'm oh. looking at you so i'm talking oh, well, about yeah well two, what are the man what are the men i wonder what the men's i'll have to let you yeah. go or we'll look that yeah. up here after this tasting here but, so uh, she uh, she heaved it, eh? <laughs> Do you have another one? Because I got no, one more. I have I have no more. Because okay. I, I thought I thought August sixteenth was a weekday for this day in sports. So August sixteenth, two thousand sixteen. Again, same Olympics. Who could forget the Russian pair Natalia Ishashenko and Svetlana Romashina retain their Olympic synchronized swimming debut title at the Rio Games. Okay, so I was wrong. It's Rio, not Seoul. I should have read my own uh, notes here. Well, then uh, it couldn't have been 2016. What's that? Rio? I, I thought you said the Croatian discus thrower was Seoul. No, because I'm saying I screwed up. Oh, okay. I wrote Rio in okay. my following right. notes. Did not write Rio in my previous right. notes, and so therefore... But it won't be a correction in Corrections Corner because I just corrected myself. Yeah, yeah, you cor- yeah it's already correct. <coughs> okay, Excuse so me. with a whopping score of 194 points. Amazing, right? And synchronized swimming? Synchronized yeah. swimming. They crushed everybody. I think, of, I think of that performance every night before I go to bed, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, okay, here we go. And that oh, is be- this day in sports history. But, hey, before we uh, rate Yingling Black and Tan, got to yeah. give our listeners my uh, viewing pleasures. Uh-oh. Um, Come on, Mike. Speaking of which. I know it's not a family pod. Fellow but... um, podcasters over at Don't Forget the Popcorn, if you want movie information, 
They're way more professional than us, and they do a really good job breaking down movies. So if you're a movie buff, check out at Don't Forget the Popcorn, at DFPT. DF, <laughs> DF and, and don't Forget the Popcorn. Just fucking search Don't Forget the Popcorn. I don't know what the letters are. But uh, they do a fantastic job. They're, they're actually like, we're the minor league version of a podcast to them. Although they're not as consistent as we are because their their episodes come out willy nilly and they let work get in the way of shit. So um, but, I was gonna say, how do, how do you think they plug us if they do? Do they say, oh, there's these two he, schmucks over no, there that really kind of like they they do, do give us. They always mention us not being part of the Mid Michigan Pod Network, and I've never formally been. We've never formally been invited, and I don't want to seem too needy to join a podcasting network. But they do give our show a mention, although. Like yourself, one of their hosts is in the teaching industry, so I don't know if our style necessarily fits with them. But anyway, they do a lot of viewing of movies, and they do a hell of a job. Very I, good, I've, very good listens if you want to listen to uh, an interesting podcast. At don't forget the popcorn, and they do shows every like seventeen weeks or so. They are good. I, I enjoy yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. I, I've in several... fact at Wes Ledesma. Follow him on Twitter and. Um, I've never, ever personally met Wes, but I almost feel as if I'm friends with him. <laughs> um, anyway, so my take, a couple of things that Liz and I viewed, uh, Umbrella Academy Season 2. Loved it. Did you watch it too? Absolutely. Very good. I, I, we, we enjoyed it as well. You really got to be on your toes. So, I mean, it, I mean, it's all over the board. Oh, yeah. And it's like... Um, they do time travel and sometimes... Yeah. sometimes you know, writers and and some of those shows with time travel can really screw it up. And I I I, I like this. They did. Yep. It was it was very good. Um, Liz and I both thoroughly enjoyed it. It's an easy watch. I think it was what eight episodes, about forty five minutes each. Right. I do say if you haven't seen either, you do have to see season you one. Absolutely have to see one before you see two. And now. The way season two ended with no spoilers, if life ever returns to somewhat normalcy, I think there's an episode of season three in the making of the way season two ended. Yeah, I mean, and then the other thing. What's your favorite character, by the way? Just, we're not, no spoilers. Um, oh, God darn it. What, what is the, uh. No, not no, not not the young kid five. But, uh, I love five. The guy that, the caveman guy that fell for the, the, the hottie that was in the, Working for the enemy, the uh, I can't think of the I don't know his number. Uh, not Luther, the big guy. Not um, Luther's one. Um, the other one that I do like, I like the eccentric drunk. Oh yeah, <laughs> that had the ghost with him. <laughs> yeah. He's I like uh, Klaus. I mean, Klaus. Yeah, Klaus is a good, but I also like the guy that fell for the villain that had all of their powers. Oh, caveman guy. Well, like, he he kind of looks like the guy on the commercials. Yeah, the game man commercial. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. The insurance. Or I the, can't think of his oh, name. No. Les, Les, text me his name when you listen to this on your way to tomorrow. It's it's Latino. It's Rico or uh, crap. Uh, anyway, we'll get back yeah, to that. Yep. And the other the other series, Liz and I just watched. Very easy watch. Not for everybody. Eight episodes, twenty four to thirty two minutes each. Boom! You can watch it in a day. And no, this isn't me. Your 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 lovable host making an announcement, and Dave, I'm setting you up with with a matzo ball right over the center of the plate. I love Dick. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, a, two, a, a 2016 
with Kevin Bacon on Amazon. Weird, but very watchable. And like I say, if for no other reason, because of the minimal amount of time that you have to invest in it. Like I say, eight eight episodes, 20, I think the longest episode was 32 minutes. It's like 24 to 32 minutes. Weird, tough to follow, but um, the Han lady, you see her boobs a lot so it's well worth the price of admission <laughs> um anyway let's rate black and tan that's my did, did you have you seen anything other oh speaking no. of viewing september 4th uh the boys season, oh, season, yep, season 4th? two yep. okay yeah i'll be tuning into that no i um i just uh i got into i made sure i watched uh umbrella academy and then no then it was kind of hodgepodge uh, sports and trying to get back into work, unfortunately. This guy must be building a house. Yeah. <laughs> He's not my neighbor, so I'm not going to drop the F-bombs <laughs> that I drop on my neighbor. Right. All right, you're up first. Rate the Yingling black and tan. All right. Um, this is really smooth. Uh, a lot of drinkability. I, I definitely see, you said the untapped crowd was 3.42? Yes, sir. No way. I gotta go higher than that. I enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed the Unita. I'm gonna go 3.90. Almost as much as you like the yep. detour. I'm right in line with the on tap version, and mainly because Yingling Black and Tan is a five star compared to regular Yingling. A lot more flavor, a lot smoother. I, I personally think regular Yingling sucks. This black and tan very like you said easy smooth drinking and i think that to do with the 4.6 and 12 right but i'm going to bring it in at a very respectable 3.48 slightly above the untapped but nowhere near the uh, detour all right dave before we go to the third selection we got a little corrections corner before corrections corner and thank heaven yeah thank heaven for google my favorite character in Umbrella Academy is Diego. All right. Yep. Knife thrower. Yeah. He can knife, bend yeah. metal. Yeah. And yeah. And he's cool. You know. He's he's yeah. the one that saw the Kennedy assassination. No spoiler alert. Just watch the show. And um, anyway, that's my favorite character. And I didn't think Stella sounded correctly in the black and tan. And our listeners who are black and tan drinkers were probably shouting at the radio. You dumb bucker, it's not Stella, you stupid. Wait Guinness and Bass. Bass. Bass Ale yeah. is the tan of the black and tan. Now, before Larry or Fish or anybody else, the radio? Yelling at the radio? Well, yeah, you're looking at your radio because that's where you're listening. I'm are assuming we on when the radio? I'm assuming you're driving. It'd be our uh, phone, maybe, wouldn't it? I always hooked my blue. I always hooked. I listen oh, to spitting chicklets gotcha. on my Bluetooth through so my radio, so I yell. I'll yell gotcha. at Ryan Whitney. So, all right, or your phone. Yell at your phone or your radio. <laughs> all right. I'm like, did I not yep. know something? Are yeah, we mine, on the mine radio? is mine is. Always, I guess technically it's through my phone, but I see it on my radio right, and I right. yell at my radio. I got you. All right, third selection, another listener donation, and Josh Wendy. I think this is our first asterisk, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. And it's he all he actually donated Spit this out. entry 
way, way back episode single digits, so we'll look it up. But we liked it so much. I rated it a 4.4, and you rated it a 4.0. But you can't get it in this area. I've tried Opperman's. I've tried Ideal. Oh, I've right. tried Eastman. And I even looked at Jana's. Yep. Uh, that we mentioned earlier in Howell, Michigan. I have yet to see our third selection, which we had earlier. And episode 10. Episode 10. I said single digit, barely out of the single digits. And anyway, Mr. Wendy, in his travels in the great Northwest, was able to find two more cans of our third selection, which in episode 10, 25 weeks ago, you had rated a 4.0. Yep. And I had rated a 4.4. And we decided we want to see if it stood the test of time. So we're rebringing Helmet Breaker from Dystopian State Brewing to the table just to see it. Like, you know, you know, maybe after 25 weeks, it'll be like, man, what, 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 were, we you, what were you on crack? This is terrible. <laughs> Or it would be like, yes, this stood the test of time. So yeah. 8%, 75 IBUs, 3.71 untapped rating with only 1,045 check-ins. But needless to say, this is not a mistake. We're just testing one of the goats of flights, football, and anything else. The one thing that will stand the test of time, however, is the can. Love yeah, the can. Yeah, the can is cool. Got the old alien versus predator type characters on it. Cheers. Yeah, see that's... Yes, sir. IPA heaven. Especially coming off a black and tan type beer. Um, yep. I'll thoroughly enjoy this. Let, you know, We'll see where the ratings take us. But... The initial week 10, episode 10 uh-huh. rating sounds accurate. Um, all right, my turn for random question. Uh, in another pod, we had discussed what was worse, the uh, Chicago White Sox, or as they're known as the Black Sox scandal, or Pete Rose betting on his team to win, you know, we had discussed, like, well, what, what do you think is worse? Right. And after 35 episodes, you know, we're kind of running out of random questions. Listeners, help us out. If you got you got any, email us, tweet us, call us, text us, smoke signals, whatever. But that being said, what is your favorite? And by favorite, I use the old infamous air quotes, sports scandal. And by favorite, like I said, I mean, not like, oh, this was great, woo-hoo, rah-rah, but it, like the one that like, really, that happened? Oh, really? And you, a head-scratcher, so to sure. speak, and that you found interesting. So there's quite a few websites out there that will, you know, point you in the direction of sports scandals, um, you know, most famous in the world, most famous in the U.S., um, et cetera, et cetera. So... I had one in mind, but I wanted to go through those and try to check them out, see if there was something that I had forgotten. But this is the one that that came out, um, and I thought it would lead me into some different, uh, like a bigger picture or 
bigger picture scandals or, or uh, other questions, but the Ben Johnson doping scandal. So for those of you that don't remember Ben Johnson, he was a, he was a sprinter, Canadian sprinter, Jamaican born, uh, but he, he ran for Canada. And in just a little background, in 1984, the Summer Games, he won two bronze medals and kind of made a name for himself. Like, hey, this kid's got some talent. So then, you know, kind of three and a half years later at the World Championships, uh, he won a gold medal, took first place, and set a, set a world record at 9.83 seconds. Now, going back to our This Day in Sports, which fits nicely here, uh, Usain Bolt set the world record in 2008 with a 9.69, right? Correct. So in 1987, Ben Johnson set the world record in the world championships, again, with a 9.83. Then, just a little bit later, in 1988, in the Summer Olympics in Seoul, that's where I got that from, the 1988 Summer Olympics in Seoul, Ben Johnson again got the gold and set a new world record. So he beat his own world record and ran a 9.79. Now, at that point, I'm sure, you know, that raised a few eyebrows and said, okay, you know, that's That not... was the race that there was uh, Carl Lewis, Linford Christie. And you got I, it. Uh, Justin Gatlin. Yep. There, were some, there were some heavy hitters in the okay, sprinting Okay, so world. in my notes here, um, Carl Lewis, former world record holder uh, Calvin Smith, future gold medalist Linford Christie, British runner, uh, who I'm going to get into here in a minute. It was, uh, at the time, the most talented packed 100-meter finals ever. It was, you know, it, I mean, there were millions and millions of people tuning into this so thing. So Gatlin wasn't one of it. Was the other? Was it the other American that you mentioned? That wasn't. And, that wasn't mentioned. Well, what name, was the, the American that you mentioned? Maybe I just confused. Calvin him. Smith. Maybe I was thinking of Calvin Smith, and not Justin Gatlin. Maybe. I think Gatlin Justin, was a little bit later. Yeah, I think yeah. I was going to say Justin Gatlin, maybe a little bit later. Yeah. I had so, Lewis and Christie though, so I, you know, I batted six sixty seven in the big leagues. <laughs> so um, anyway, there was a quote uh, Ben Johnson basically, you know, afterwards, you know, he had his hand up before he even ran across the finish line. Uh, afterwards, he said, um, you know, nobody can touch my start. Uh, in a little bit later in an interview after his victory, he said, "Hey, gold medal, nobody can take that away from me." Well, they did some testing, uh, you know, made him pee in a cup along with a bunch of other athletes and knock on the door uh, a little while later. And uh, he just basically handed him the medal. You know, he knew what was happening. He knew what was going on. And uh, he had to give up the medal. But uh, interestingly enough, um, it, that I think what happened with the Ben Johnson uh, situation then started with the IAAF and uh, the World Olympic Committee and others. Um, that started a lot of doping investigations where it really kind of snowballed into everything. Um, and maybe, and I didn't spend enough time researching it, um, it may have, you know, from the things that they learned from, from that situation, uh, the Linford Christie, after he, um, he won a gold medal, uh, in 1988, later, they tested him positive for wh what was a banned substance, was uh, pseudoepinephrine. 
isn't that the stuff in um, uh, the uh, allergy yes. medicine? Um, come on, help me. The little red pill. I can see it. Sudafed. Sudafed. Thank you. And at the time, he said, well, he had some ginseng, uh, ginseng tea. He said that probably had some pseudoepinephrine in it, which probably did. Uh, whether that was the case or whether he was um, actually, you know, conscientiously doping, uh, we don't know. But I'm wondering if that snowballed down and what they learned from this kind of thing and how they go and test people and did that kind of fall down into the like the cycling with um, um, our buddy uh, Lance yes. Armstrong. I don't know. I'm sure it did. And actually, you can watch on Netflix. I'm sorry. The ESPN app. New 30 they, for 30, right? They have all the 30 for 30s, and there's a 30 for 30 979 with an asterisk by it. And that's yep. actually a pretty good the documentary Lance Armstrong story, with right? what you said. Yeah. Is that it? You're, that's it. All that's right. Uh, yep. All right. I'm holding up number of fingers. Okay. That one's odd. That one's even. You want odd or even? Odd. All right. So I'm going to give you my even stare story. Although I, I shouldn't have given you the option because I like my even story better, but you said on the odd story, <laughs> hey, if for no other reason the comical value of my great sports scandal is priceless. January 6, 1994, so just over 26 years ago, at Cobo Arena in lovely Detroit, Michigan, which Cobo, I believe, is long since closed, but... Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan were vying for a spot in the <laughs> Olympics. Right. And this was the Olympic qualifier. And Kerrigan leaves the ice and, you know, the infamous, why? Like she was just bludgeoned with a hammer over the temple multiple times. She was hit with a 21-inch retractable baton by uh, one Shane Stant. Slant, Stant, what is his name? Slant, yes, Shane Slant, who was hired by uh, uh, Sean Eckhart, who called <laughs> Derek Smith, who was Shane Stant's uncle, and it set off, uh, and to this day, everybody hates Nancy Kerrigan, and I'm sure she was in on it, but it's like, the, <laughs> it's just so dumb. She walks off the ice, the cameras are following her off the ice because this, too, is another ESPN 30 for 30. It's called The Price for Gold. Right. And the camera's on her. She does her routine. Camera's on her. Camera's on her. And then she goes through the curtain. And then, like, then gets three whacked. seconds later, you hear a scream. And then nobody sees this guy leave. It's almost like a uh, Benny Hill episode. <laughs> and then, like, she's and Nancy Kerrigan. Well, in Benny my Hill episodes, <laughs> there, were, there were boobs involved. Yeah, and Nancy Kerrigan didn't even show that, and she's just lying. Why me? Like it? I'm sure it hurt. Oh yeah. But I mean, how many times? Cracked on the shin. You even said in one of my random questions. That's the worst. I mean, how many? How many times have like you know you pick up basketball with your friends where you went up for a layup, somebody fouled you, and somebody was underneath you, and you you rolled your ankle. Oh, that's the worst there is. Yeah, and you're hopping around, you're screaming, but you don't cry out. Why me? And it and it's just and it set off the now, Nancy, uh, Tanya Harding to this day claims that well I didn't know anything about it. It's like, <laughs> wink, wink. Come on, you did too. But it's like it's almost like it, it's just so, it's so phony. Right. It's almost unbelievable. It's like, you know, I mean, how the guy's name is even Jeff Galuli. That was Tanya's husband's name. 
right. who was involved in getting a hold of Sean Ackert, who got a hold of Derek Smith, the uncle of Shane Slant. I can't read my writing here. It's either Shane Slant or Stant. I think that's an So Shane Slant, a hired hitman, to get Wacker one time. <laughs> I mean, it's like, for Christ's sake, he got hit on the knee. It's not like, hey, Shane. <laughs> oh, what's up, bro? Uh, listen, um, can you grab some blunt objects so you can whack some chick in the shins? Yeah, uh, much, no, dude, I, that doesn't. No, hey, I'll pay you two hundred bucks. Okay, when and where? Yeah, and then it'd be like, well, I don't, I don't make a joke out of anybody getting hurt, but it's, it would be one thing like if in a dark alley, she was raped and her throat was slit ear to ear, That'd and then horrible. and then both of her legs were broken in two, and she was dismembered, and then okay, well now she can't compete in the Olympics. It's like, wow, geez, that was kind of harsh. I mean, it was one whack on the leg. Yeah. But yeah. yet they, that they were able to pull it off until they got caught. I mean, and then Tanya actually, they, they ended up both making the Olympics. The winner of this event in Detroit was supposed to be the only one from the U.S. team that made the Olympics. But because the U.S. Skating Committee felt, well, it was me for Nancy because Nancy was the, the pretty girl and Tanya was like the ugly oh, duckling okay so they gave her a reprieve and they both got to make the olympics and then then that's when everything came started coming out and they were hounding tanya and then tanya missed her triple which she had landed previous to this and it just do you think she this was, was a big scandal just to get both of them to move forward so one no, of them because didn't have to stay tanya behind didn't, tanya didn't move forward i mean she took the brunt of this and has been ostracized ever since what, but and I Nancy mean, she Kerrigan, got to compete, though. She got out of the, the she qualifier. Got to, she got to compete and finished eighth. You know, and Nancy Kerrigan, I don't think she won the gold. I think she plays. I can't remember who won the gold that year. Yeah, Dick, I could have done more research, but that wasn't the point of the scandal. <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't watch that? Come on, Mike. But, yeah, so it was just, it, to me, it was actually hilarious that it was almost, it was the Mickey Mouse way of, like you described, like, hey, uh, I, got, I got some money if you can hit this girl so my girl or my wife can make the olympics uh, yeah i guess okay <laughs> and then just one little whack and then like a few weeks later she's or a few weeks couple months whatever it was she's skating the olympics now how fucking bad was the injury she's laying there like she was just bludgeoned to death right screaming and crying so more long story short i'm pro harding and screw nancy kerrigan because she wasn't even part of that 30 for 30 <laughs> special so screw her all right. I do have to mention my other one that I did like. Won't get into as much details, but I was hoping you would choose even. Because in 2000, the Spanish Paralympics Intellectual Disability Basketball Team. Okay. And in 96, the Paralympics said intellectual disabilities counted and you could become an Olympian. If you had and to be intellectually disabled, you had to have an IQ of 75 or less. Okay. The basketball team in 2000 that won the gold medal actually had 10 players whose iq is well over 75 so it's like officially recorded they yes, had those because they didn't they didn't test the spanish the person in charge of the spanish team didn't even bother to test and there it was basketball ping pong in another sport they didn't even bother to test because they wanted gold medals so for sponsorship money sure okay so, but it's like, it's just comical. It's like, come on, you know, you, you probably had like some 120 IQ how people. Bad. Like, exactly, how bad? How do you, bad do you want it? <laughs> exactly. Jeez, I mean, like, did they bring him in still to, to, to like, 
drive home the point. They bring him in on the short bus with the white helmets as they got off. And then all of a sudden they're flying around like Jordan and like the other teams are just kind of like looking around. Like so there wasn't around. one person on that team. Was two like, of them. Two of them had two of them had IQs of seventy five or less. The other, I'm sure they didn't play much. No, but I'm saying the other, however many, ten or however many were on that team, there wasn't one person out of that team that said, uh, "Coach, I don't really feel good about this." You know, but there was the one. It was the uh, he was an undercover reporter who was one of the guy, one of the ten that were over seventy five who made the team, and then he broke the story. Oh, gotcha. Okay, well yeah. you didn't, you know. Well, yeah, but that wasn't the story you picked, so I didn't get into as much detail as the. the no, but that's they... great detail. I was wondering, like, yeah, how I... in the hell wasn't there someone if they're over, a, if you know, if someone's got an IQ of like over a hundred like that, and they're, you know, they got to be like, hey, this isn't fair. Oh yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, you know he. Uh, he... So so there was yeah. so there was a reporter. Yeah. Who obviously could play basketball as well. Yeah. And he was on the team and it was and they never <laughs> even checked the IQs of him. Well and, they never even checked to see if this guy was a reporter yeah. for crying out loud. But they got the gold medal, which was subsequently taken away. And that to right. me that's a, a another sport scandal. So it's like, well, anything for the price of gold. <laughs> um actually isn't that the name of the uh Tanya Harding Nancy Carrington, the price of gold. There you go. The two are related. Sure. Six years apart. Wow. Go figure. I do a great job at this podcast. Fuck, I didn't even see that correlation until right now. <laughs> oh, speaking of correlations, let's correlate back to this beer. Helmet Breaker. All right, you went first, second time. I go first this time. I'm going to stick with my rating, Dave. I mean, nothing over 25 weeks has shit. I don't think it's any better than the 4.4, but it's nothing. I'm not disappointed in any way, shape, or form, so... I am going to stick with my Helmet Breaker Dystopian State Brewery 4.4 ranking. Well, if I compare this to the Detour Double IPA that we had, I'm going to say that I like the finish of this a lot better. So I think Duke likes it too. He's applauding my applauding my rating here. I think Duke's telling me he found my ink pen that I somehow lost. Seamhow lost. Uh, Seamhow? Did I just say that? I'll take oh, that. There you go. So I had that at a 3.95. So I would, it makes sense. I like this better. So I'm going to stick with my, I might even go 4.1, but I don't know if I want to do that. I'm just going to stick with my 4.0. Alright, so I guess long story short, Helmet Breaker stood the test of time because we're both ranking it what we rate, ranked it in episode 10. Uh, me, 4.4, you, 4.0. And our listeners are probably like, ah, oh, that's fucking Sphix. These guys are phony. These guys suck. Well, but hey, if it gets us listeners, who cares? <laughs> Agreed. So, um, anything else, Dave, before we wrap episode 35? 17 away from one year. Nope. Uh, I think we got everything in the pod that we wanted to. Well, I now look down at the bottom of my glass. I can see I'm out of beer. And as our good buddy, the late, great Stuart Scott would say, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here.